Welcome in to the Football Kingdom podcast. Week one is in the books and it was wild and packed full of stories. Tyler Mallon is here with me. I am Brandon Johnson. So let's go ahead and jump into some of the matchups for week one. The Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs hosted the Lions to open the season on Thursday night and they went into it without their best receiver in Travis Kelsey who had hyperextended his knee in practice a few days before and Chris Jones who was still holding out and decided to watch the game from a suite that night. Now, most of the country felt pretty good about the Kansas City Chiefs coming out with a victory and they ended up losing by a score of 21 to 20. Tyler, what happened to the Chiefs? Lots of drops. Lots of mistakes, let's put it that way. Just overall as a team, a um, lot, lot of mistakes, a lot of self-inflicted wounds here. Okay, so main biggest story here was Kadarius Tony with four drops. Uh, I think he had five targets and no catches, or maybe it was one catch, or I don't really know. But Yeah, it was, he had... He had negative one yards <laughs> rushing or receiving. I can't remember which, but he had okay. zero yards total. Right. It, 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 he he was horrendous. Yeah, he his first catch, attempted catch, I should say, his first uh, you know highlight was the interception. So you can't then... throw. You cannot throw a better pass than Patrick Mahomes no, right there. Literally in both his hands. And I don't even know. I've watched that clip so many times and I'm like, I don't understand what happened. It just flies out of his hands. And of course those types of passes go right into the defender and, and not really Mahomes' fault there. It's pretty much a perfect pass for a, a decent receiver and Kadarius Tony. And that's where that's where I get the it's a team you know, self-inflicted wounds here because even, uh, if, what was it? I think it was, you know, by Sunday, you know, or possibly Saturday, Andy Reid had given an interview where he was like, yeah, I was, it's that that's on me, you know, rushing Kadarius Tony back. And that's what I was saying all of Thursday and I, Friday. I'm like, this is, this is Reid, you know, I mean, I quick. get it to a certain extent, but Okay, he was injured. He didn't do training camp. He didn't play in the pre the preseason. But he's his job is to catch passes, and I don't think that being injured and sitting around means that you forgot how to catch a football. This this wasn't like we were asking him to make circus catches. These were right for the most part hitting him right in the hands. And as a in this, and I know we're singling out Kadarius Tony, but as a whole, the team I believe had nine drops i was never actually able to find an official stat but twitter told me nine drops and you should always trust twitter but it's just frustrating because you look at the game and overall patrick mahomes played well he had you know 226 yards and two touchdowns and a pick and that's a pretty good day and the defense gave up 14 points overall. If your team is going to score 20 points, or excuse me, if your defense is only going to give up 14 points and Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback, you feel pretty good that you're going to come out of that 
game with a win. And it just didn't happen. And it falls on the receivers for me. Yeah, and the defense kind of played their part <clears throat> without Chris Jones. You know, they kept cutting to him and his two cronies <laughs> that he's got on either side of his, him. His henchmen. <laughs> yeah. And uh, honestly, I think team-wise, you know, they played a fairly decent game because I was, when you and I talked about the game, uh, you know, the next day we were like, well, I was like, well, they kind of went away from the run and you're like, they kind of had a pretty successful running day. They just, with the, you know, receivers dropping so many passes, it just kills the rest of the, the drive. So that really, it harkens back to those drops and just not, you know, I, and again, we're going to say this a lot, but it's week one. It's not going to define anybody. The The thing with me is though, like this, it doesn't define your season, but to me, this is kind of a big loss because it's, you know, your homo, it's the season opener. You just won the Super Bowl, so you've got home field advantage. You're hanging banners, you're celebrating. You're still the same team. You still have, you know, the best player in the league. And you you lose here at home in Arrowhead of all places to the Lions by one point. You know, that to me, it, it is, that kind of puts it into, this is kind of a big loss. You know, they should have, they should have absolutely won this game. Um, even though it's like, yeah, it's still week one, but I still feel like, they should have won. Is my point? Like this is this is a game they should have absolutely been one and zero on. Yeah, absolutely. And really, we'll get into it a little bit. But you know, I was breathing a pretty big sigh of relief knowing that other um, important teams also started their season zero and one. Like I said, we'll get into that in a minute. But I wanna I wanna touch on Chris Jones. So obviously, Chris Jones has been holding out. He's been trying to get an extension from. The Chiefs and you know he's doubled down hey I'm gonna miss games and he missed week one and the defensive line again looked pretty good but it comes out this week that the holdouts over the Chiefs and Chris Jones have agreed to a new deal and I'm looking at it I'm gonna read you a tweet from spot track so I got it Chris, open <laughs> Chris Jones started 2023 with 21.25 million to be earned. So that's 20 million base plus 1.25 in incentives. He now, with his new deal, carries a 16.4 net base, factoring the 2.1 lost due to his fines, with 6.75 more possible to earn. All for a chance for him to earn 1.8 more this year. <laughs> he says he ends the tweet with. We've had better holdouts and yeah. that's, that's exactly Chris Jones lost. And if I'm Chris Jones, I'm saying to the cats brothers, I'm done. I'm done with You're you. Fired. You're done. Get yourself a better agent because you absolutely lost you. It, the holdout was pointless because there's no way that he's going to hit these incentives. He's going to be, he's going to need to get 15 sacks to earn mm -hmm. and he's going to need to win defensive player of the year. Not going to happen. He's already behind a Super Bowl appearance and a Super Bowl victory are his incentives. Right. What I mean, are you doing? Yeah, he he talks such a big game too about oh I can go to week 6 or week 8 or whatever. And now this is week 2 and he's getting he did all that 
to maybe get an extra one million. Yeah, it's like what are we doing? What was the point no of that? Sense. So this deal to me read as Chris Jones. It probably it probably killed Chris Jones to sit on the sideline or sit in that suite and have to watch his team. Not have yeah, to watch his he team. He chose awkward. to, but. <laughs> And I think this was, uh, all right, I got to get back on the field and let's do what we got to do. And to me, this is a, hey, get back in the locker room, get back with the team. You know, you can walk in free agency next year and get your money. I think this is Chris Jones last year with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, that's the other part. I Nobody's really talked about the fact that it's just a one year. That I did not expect. You know, I'm... No, I am not an expert on these contract deals or contracts in general in the NFL or honestly in any sport, but uh, that's that one is very interesting to me. Like, what does his future hold now? Because all the, you know, Nick Bosa's deal was like three years, and, you know, that that is that's a part of this that I still don't really know how to process of like, oh, just a one-year extension, and then yeah. he's probably going to go bye-bye. Not, not even an extension, a one-year restructure. Right. He's this is a he's going to go play for the Houston Texans or whoever <laughs> next year. He's going to sign 3 for thir- or 3 for 90, 30 million a year, 70 right. guaranteed or something like that. That's that's I would be shocked because the Chiefs have shown that they're tough negotiators and they're not going to bow to you. But so you know, they did it with Tyree Kill and they have now done it with Chris Jones and they also have other players that they want to sign with Creed Humphrey and Jarius Sneed and Trey Smith, they they want to make sure that they're, uh, you know, spreading their their money in a smart way. And I just don't know if doing that with a guy that's on the wrong side of thirty makes sense. And I think that's where the Chiefs were. But uh, I'm glad that uh, he's back in the building. It sounds like Travis Kelsey should be ready to go against the Jaguars, but it's a big week. You definitely don't want to start your season 0-2. You're the Chiefs. But obviously that wasn't the only thing that was going on this weekend. Let's take a look at some some games that went on on Sunday and Bengals-Browns. There's a stat that the Browns were, what was it, 5-1? and one? against the Bengals in their last six and they made it, uh, they made it six and one on Sunday beating the Cincinnati Bengals 24 to three and Joe Burrow uh, looked pretty bad. Let's just say it. He threw for 82 yards and only played three quarters. And he looked awful. Yeah, I, I I don't know, again, if this was a product of him being out and having to shake off rust, but he just, he came out and it was just bad. Yeah, he had, <clears throat> he had seven, well, the, the Bengals had seven three and outs in a row, like at the beginning of the game. Um, I don't know what it is. He cannot beat the Browns. He's one in five all time. He's never won, um, you know, in Cleveland, I believe. I don't know what that, what's going on there. Um, 
Yeah, well, to be fair, though, I mean, this... Not not to be fair. This was one of the rain games of the weekend. Oh, one give of me three. A break. Give me you a know, break. Well, listen. <laughs> listen. Uh, yeah, I mean, the other team scored 26 points, first of all. Exactly. And the Joe Burrow-led Bengals could only muster three. Yeah. Now, again, he missed all of... Um, you know the off season with his with his uh, calf, but if he's ready to go, he's ready to go. And again, they looked if, so off time. Yeah, he's overthrowing people. If if he wasn't ready, he shouldn't have been in there. And sure. rain, no rain. You're an NFL quarterback. You're regarded as one of the top three NFL quarterbacks in the league. If you can't play in the rain, you should go home. Yeah, it was it was ten nothing at half. So I mean both teams were struggling. Um you know, Bengals had six total first downs. Um T. Higgins had eight targets with zero catches. I mean, it was just a nightmare <laughs> of a Bengals game. It's bad as like the Chiefs game with like, oh, you know, we can't nobody can catch a ball. Like the Bengals had a heck of a time. And that was helped by Miles Garrett just destroying you know, their O-line. <laughs> he was just cooking Orlando Brown, you know, old friend alert of, of the Chiefs where he's just like, you know, Miles could not get back, uh, could just do whatever he wanted in the backfield. But, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Deshaun Watson, though, like, looked pretty sloppy as well, as much as they, you know, had 24 points of it all. But he can still run. He's still got a lot, like, he still has that burst of speed. Um, but he's still overthrowing, got no timing with his, with his, uh, wide receivers. And it's just like, just run the ball, you know, give the ball to Nick Chubb that this guy was the MVP of this game. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what both of these teams can do moving forward, but It'll be not a whole lot to, the, to uh, here. you know, not to get ahead of ourselves, but the Bengals are going to be playing the Ravens next week. So not going to be an easy bounce back game for them, but let's move on to, to Dolphins chargers. Dolphins chargers was, you know, kind of one of my, my games of the week. I have a, an up and coming offense with Tua and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. You have the chargers who, I really love their roster. Justin Herbert, they have a lot to prove. And this was the Tua and Tyreek Hill game. Tyreek Hill had two touchdowns and 215 yards, and Tua had 466 passing yards. Tyler, the Dolphins came out on top. Yeah, I don't know if this is a Charger going to Charger game, but... I feel like it probably was. Um, they were on top late, so yeah. Right. Yeah, Tua took no sacks, even without Teron Armstead. Um, yeah, this is just a... I mean, honestly, though, like this is kind of what we talked about. Like Tua, you know, he stays healthy. The dude is really good. The sky There's is the a, limit for them. Yeah, the the, the touch that he has on his passes, like that last touchdown, this Tyreek second touchdown, where he just per- threw it perfect in the perfect spot for Tyreek to catch, you know, just over the defender, like the perfect window, you know, that kind of talent, like these guys are going to be 
yeah. really good this year. Yeah, you've already got people talking about Tyree Kill as MVP, and I think that's a little bit premature, but Tyree Kill is phenomenal. So, And any day that the Chargers lose is a good day in Chiefs Kingdom. Yeah, that's one of those games we were talking about <laughs> after the Chiefs lose. Yeah. That's a good one. 49ers and Steelers. 49ers, um, obviously they traded Trey Lance and doubled down on bringing in Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy, honestly, he looked pretty good. 220 yards, two touchdowns. Pretty, uh, he, he had pretty good control of the offense. Now, if you're looking at the Steelers, um, a lot of people had the Steelers kind of taking a step forward this year. And it was a bad day. It was a bad day for the Steelers. Kenny Pickett was awful, and the 49ers just had their way. Yeah, I need to start tracking this, but there's been a lot of people who are saying, who were saying the Steelers are going to be making the playoffs and all this, and I'm like, get out of here with that stuff. They, um, they, they have the Steelers winning 11 games this season. Right. No way. Yeah, they just got destroyed at home. Now... As we said, the Niners are probably the best team in the NFC um, next to the Eagles. But, I mean, honestly, Brock Purdy played a perfect game, you know. And that was actually something we said in the last episode where I'm like, I don't honestly know if he's the guy. Like, I simply just don't know if, you know, Mr. Irrelevant is your starter and they traded Trey Lance and the whole thing. And now I'm like, okay, I, I get it. <laughs> you know, like yeah. you don't have to convince me. I watched a lot of that game and my goodness, the dude is just, yeah, I mean, he, he literally played a perfect game. It, that's not going to happen, but you know, I, not every time, but honestly, what he looked like at the end of last year, I mean, geez, he's, I think he's just perfectly fit for that offense. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm I'm with you on Brock Purdy. I was a little bit confused just because we have a significantly small sample size of Purdy. We have obviously really no film on Trey Lance, but I thought just kind of throwing in the towel on Trey Lance was odd. But yeah, yesterday watching that, uh, I I was I was sold. I'm like, okay, <laughs> Brock Purdy's the guy. Yeah, yeah. and I. Um, Christian McCaffrey is still a beast, but he's, he's so smart. Okay. The guy has so he's like the perfect running back. Like he has so much power to be just, you know, just a truck guys to be just a downhill runner, but just watching him like see guys and make them miss like five yards out is incredibly impressive. Now, again, I don't know what the Steelers got going on quite yet, you know, week one, but uh, he's making guys look foolish. And, you know, it's it's the things that I want to see, like sitting on your couch, you're like, oh, you should have done that and do this. And that he's just doing it. You know, he's just, he's making it look so easy. Uh, that's <laughs> very dangerous. Of course, he's always the guy they, they talk about, you know, injuries or whatever. But, I mean, these guys, and of course, Brandon Ayuk, Five for five, seventy-six yards, a touchdown at halftime. Uh, <laughs> the dude was had himself a day, of course. With pro, you know, Purdy just being on fire. But yeah, th- this was like a blowout. Oh yeah, Ram or excuse me, let's do uh, 
Packers Bears. Packers Bears, the battle of young quarterbacks with Jordan Love taking over the helm from Aaron Rodgers and then Justin Smith, kind of Justin Smith, Justin Fields <laughs> coming into uh, a year of, you know, kind of make or break, you know, prove that you are an NFL quarterback and the Bears got rolled, Tyler. Justin, Jordan Love. Wow. Jordan Love. <laughs> he looked good. He looked great. Five and three touchdowns. I mean, he was rolling. I was I was pleasantly surprised in the Packers performance on Sunday. And the Packers should feel pretty good about this season going. I mean, the Vikings lost. Obviously, they beat the Bears and they're going to have to worry about the Giants or not the Giants, but the Lions. But I don't know. It could be kind of a fun season in Green Bay. Yeah, that's literally what I was going to say is Jordan Love was rolling in this game. He looked so comfortable in the offense all day to throw. Um, just spreading the ball around. And honestly, Justin Fields didn't look that way. <laughs> he had bright <laughs> spots. You know, he, he looked a little sloppy, you know, took some sacks that he probably shouldn't have. But, you know, I think they'll they'll find their way in and become a, you know, above average team, if not better. They'll certainly be better than last year. I think they were worse in the league last year, but it's that's a tough loss, you know, to go to Soldier Field and be like, all right, you know, this is this is our time. The Packers are done. Aaron Rodgers is out of Green Bay. He no longer owns us. And, you know, this is a new chapter. Like the Packers don't own us. And guess what? <laughs> they probably yeah. do. Because that's what that was. That was just yeah domination yeah i am i'm almost ready to to throw in the towel on the justin fields experiment i just really i don't buy it i just don't i don't see it and i think that you know unfortunately the bears are going to be starting back at square one very soon hopefully i'm wrong so the rams and seahawks we talked about this game uh, specifically with the Rams really not knowing what to make of them this season. They had an injury ridden season in 2022 and were, you know, awful due to that. And, you know, you came into this season and I, again, I'm not really sure, but they're facing the Seahawks who were a pleasant surprise. Geno Smith had a, resurgence to his career and the Rams they had their way with the Seahawks yeah I think um, Geno Smith like had 180 yards I mean yeah no (laughs) he had 112 yards in the air there you go (laughs) yeah he was he was he did not have a good day but the the Rams defense was good. Matt Stafford looked good. He didn't get into the end zone, but they had he had over 300 yards. There was three rushing touchdowns and you know, the Rams just I don't know if if that's how the Rams are going to play then that NFC West division could be pretty fun. Yeah, and that that could be a a case of you know, the coaches know each other and in division 
but not a good start for the Seahawks either. No, especially in Geno Smith's case, because I, I root for that guy. And mm-hmm. you know, to kind of see him come out and basically lay an egg was was disappointing. So we'll kind of see see if he bounces back. But very surprised at that outcome. 17-point win by the Rams. So, Sunday Night Football was another division matchup between the NFC East foes. The Dallas Cowboys went into New York and mollywopped the Giants, Tyler. <laughs> 40 nothing. This was a game that you could have turned off at the midway through the second quarter. It was ugly, and the Cowboys defense just had their way with the Giants. It was embarrassingly bad. Yeah. Yep. 40 two, nothing. Yep. 40 nothing, two defensive scores for the Cowboys and whew, just you know, another team with promise opening up your season just getting dumped at home is deflating. Yeah, because the first couple drives, I was like, okay. You know, I think even though the first drive or the second drive was like a interception or fumble or something, there was still some bright spots where I was like, all right, you know, Daniel Jones, like, you know, he, he might, uh, he's got something here. Like, maybe he does earn, earn that contract. And then it's just like, oh, no. <laughs> Everything's falling apart around them. Yeah, You know, Saquon is obviously their best player. Um. But yeah, the Daniel Jones of it all, you're just like, okay, like there's there's something here. And then it's just just mistake after mistake. And yeah, very much a team loss. 40 to nothing is like not an accident. Yeah, that is a everything went bad. Right. Sort of loss. And again, and... week one, maybe they get got it all out of their, out of their system. And they they go to oh. back to a mid tier team and nothing more probably. You, you think they're going to run the table? No, no. <laughs> Sixteen and one. Not quite. <laughs> oh nine. man, yeah. So that is the kind of the key matchups for the Sunday slate. Uh, but I wanna I wanna jump into. You know, what was considered the most anticipated game of the week, I actually saw that the beginning of Monday Night Football broke a viewership record of like 22.6 million people watching the beginning of Jets and Bills. Obviously, the Jets have Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback, and they have gone all in on their 2023 team and were pretty much Super Bowl or bust. And they're getting a test against the division foe kind of juggernaut Buffalo Bills. And Aaron Rodgers, you know, runs out of the tunnel with the American flag on 9-11. And, you know, everybody's just kind of ready to run through a brick wall because things are changing in New York. And Aaron Rodgers, their guy finally takes the field. It's time for the Aaron Rodgers era. 
One, two, three, four plays. Aaron Rodgers takes a sack. It really didn't look too terrible. And he no. you know, kind of walks back to the huddle. And then next thing you know, he's sitting on the ground and he's off the field. And then you see him on the sideline being carted off. And x-rays were initially negative. So you're feeling a little bit optimistic about Aaron Rodgers. And the news comes out today that Aaron Rodgers has, in fact, torn his Achilles and he is out for the season. And I have to say, I am typically just kind of an it is what it is type of person. When injuries happen, I'm kind of a next man up mindset. But that is devastating. And I genuinely just was I felt so bad for not only Aaron Rodgers, for Jets fans. I'm a big believer in having the best players in the world be on the field. And Aaron Rodgers is in that category. And, you know, he didn't even really get a chance to to get going this season. And it was really over before it started. And my fear with Aaron Rodgers is that he is 39 years old and now has a major injury. And I'm wondering if we will ever see Aaron Rodgers on the field again. Tyler, was yesterday the end of Aaron Rodgers in the NFL? Quite possibly. I mean, honestly, yeah, that's... Even if he comes back at 40, you know, what's he going to be like after a torn Achilles? Because that thing popped, and you could literally see his calf reverberate. I mean, that is no small thing for a 39-year-old who's about to miss a year, who was already, honestly, before the hard knocks and all this, you know, you know, all this hype, I was like, he's kind of on his way out. He might stick around for a year or two. All this hard knock stuff and all these interviews, there was a really good one Sunday morning. It was like 1130 before all the game started. He sat down, I think, with like Aaron Andrews or something. It was such a good interview. It's a really good insight to who he is because he is very egotistical, but he is who he is. And he's like, I also am not getting a fair shot here. He's like, yeah, I am who I am. But he's like, it's there's a lot of media spin to a lot of my my personality and things. And I was, you know, my mind was changed, especially with the Jets being behind him. I mean, it's such a great team. You know, possibly a a great team with the defense and like him with that offense. You're like, that's all they need. They need Aaron Rodgers. And now it's all gone. I feel the same way. I felt gutted. I was watching the main feed and the Manning cast. And Peyton was just like, oh, no, no, this is not happening. (laughs) He's just in disbelief. They cut to like the blue tint and he's like getting on the car and he's like, what is going on? You know, so... That's yeah, that's going to be a tough one to come back from at his age. Uh especially with the kind of weird guy he is with like the darkness retreat that he went on and stuff like that. Like does he have the motivation to do it all over again, you know, to rehab and come back? Like that's So it's very different than a normal younger guy. Yeah, it it's tough. Uh obviously future Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer. 
I I think this is it for Aaron Rodgers. And I hate it. Because Aaron Rodgers I think is really the last guy from Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Tom Brady, right. Ben Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers. Yeah. I'm sure there's somebody I'm missing, but that kind of era of football would essentially be over. So, right. But I guess I didn't give you an answer, and that's probably because I don't want him. <laughs> I want to see him back, but that's. I hope he maybe, comes back. Maybe that I think you're probably more of a realistic answer there. That's you're probably right. I, you know, I don't want to see him out of the league. You know, as annoying as he has been on the Packers and as hyped as I was to see him succeed on the Jets, uh, I think it's probably more realistic. Yeah, he probably won't return, but I would like him to return. <laughs> but I don't, I think that's less realistic or less of a chance to happen. And that's probably what I would want to happen. What probably will happen is, yeah, that, that probably was it, which is even more depressing. Four snaps and game one. I'd like, I just, yeah, that is brutal for the Jets. Yeah, Jets fans. And, and I want to say this, and then we'll actually talk about the game. Oh yeah, <laughs> there was a, there was, <laughs> there a, was a good of, game that happened too. There was a lot of uh, there was a lot of talk of of artificial turf, mm. and this had nothing to do with the artificial turf. This was a calf injury that Aaron Rodgers had that morphed into an Achilles injury. That is what happened. It had nothing to do with turf. This could have happened on grass. This could have happened on dirt. This could have happened wherever. It, this, has, this has nothing to do with the turf. We got to stop with the turf narrative. But anyway, that's just me. <laughs> okay. Well, I was going to say, I mean, like, it, yeah, it, it could have happened anywhere. Um. I don't have an opinion on the turf because I don't play the game, but certainly a lot of guys are like, we got to get rid of this stuff. Just have grass. Like, why the I, heck not? I'm in the camp of just have grass, but I think it's just kind of low hanging fruit to be like, oh, he was on turf. So get oh, rid of sure. it. I just... Well, yeah, I would say we'll look at uh, Alex Smith. I mean, that dude's leg shattered and because he took the brunt of somebody's, you know, a 300 pound lineman or something went straight a perfect you know set of circumstances shattered his leg all that weight and that's what happened here like perfect you know alignment of his leg took the force of that guy tackling him and it popped his achilles and that's that could absolutely happen on grass like it's okay. not you know harrison butker had a pretty significant injury last season on grass right due to a planting issue so anyway that's just little rant on grass. <laughs> so get off my lawn. Um, <laughs> let's let's look at the game though. So obviously Aaron Rodgers is out. Zach Wilson in. The I thought for sure that this pretty much guaranteed that the Bills would win on Monday night and. Unfortunately for the Bills, Josh Allen was 
Tyler? Uh, how would you say awful? Sloppy. Sloppy. <laughs> Sloppy. I mean, he had what four? Did he end with four interceptions? He had three picks. He had three picks. He almost had a fourth, though. He almost had a fourth. You remember that one? I don't remember. It was like it was after the first one, I think. And it was in it was really close. It was another like end zone throw. You know, it's like I don't even think they were in the red zone yet, but it was it was down there. And they almost picked it again. I think that would have been like the second pick or something. I mean, that's that again. My point with that is like these aren't, you know, accidents either. Like this is who Josh Allen is. There's a stat that like he has yep. eighty-six uh turnovers since twenty eighteen, leading the league. Like eighty-six? Like, come on, man. <laughs> like that's that's something you should have been working on with this guy. And that's another thing. Like he you know, overall his game to answer your question, like he he does run a lot and he is extremely talented. But I'm like, man, he puts his body on the line probably he, more than he should. Because he again, definitely, he's I their mean, only a, running game. There was a point yesterday where Aikman, it was late in the game, and Aikman was like, dude, just go down. Right. <laughs> My goodness. And yeah, there was know, multiple I, times where he's, he's leaping over people like five no feet reason, in the air. Just go down. Yeah. You're going right. to get destroyed if you play that way. Yeah. And I I love Josh Allen. Like he's a, he's a good quarterback, but yeah, he is prone to turnovers. But man, don't get yourself hurt being reckless or trying to be a hero. Yeah, that that should have been a game plan of like, okay, Zach Wilson's in the game. Our defense is going to take care of it. Let's put these guys away and go to week two. And they were just struggling out there just to make rig, you know. Just a simple completion was like a struggle for them. Oh, yeah. And Zach Wilson came in and he was fine. Oh, but, you know, he threw a pick, he threw a touchdown, but he's Zach Wilson. So, but this game ended up going to uh, overtime. Uh, not before Tyler Bass tried to miss a game tying field goal. He oh my God. did it off the left upright and it happened to bounce in, but we take when this was, game into over. Go ahead. Sorry, when was the Brees Hall eighty six yard run? That was, was like the third quarter. I believe so, yeah. And that was when and they had to settle for three points, right? Dude, that's why I brought this up. Well, yeah. first of all, he's not in shape because you should have ran. That should have been to the house. <laughs> he got gassed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. I'm like, bro, what yeah. are you doing? You got to score here. Score for, yeah. New, you know, New York, you know, here. Um, that was kind of funny, but I'm like, because I'm cheering the guy on like, oh, my God, why is he slowing down? Um, but then, he's yeah, then, trying to. Right. <laughs> 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 and then to see the Jets like coward move of like, oh, we're just going to kick like you're it was. It was like fourth and four, you know, inside the 10 or inside the 20 or the like 15 ish or something. And I'm like, come on, Jets. Like you lost, you know, Aaron Rodgers probably for the season. I I was screaming at the TV like, you got to go for it here. This is not, you know, this is the Bills you're playing. 
Like they're they're extremely dangerous. They've taken down, you know, huge games and you can't be going for three here. Like you just got a freebie essentially is my point of like you got the huge chunk play to get down here for free essentially. Go for it. Like what are we doing? Why are we and then they you know that's my point, is like it went to overtime. You should have just went for the touchdown. You know? Yeah, I agree. But so we get into overtime after Buffalo ties the game on Tyler Bass's field goal. And the Bills start with the ball. They end up having to punt it away. And Tyler. Three and out, wasn't it? I believe it was a three and out, but they punt it away and Jets rookie, undrafted rookie, Xavier Gibson, is awaiting the punt. And he returns at 65 yards for a walk-off punt return. Just, just classic. And fantastic ending to a wild game. And happy for the Jets to pull it off for a couple reasons. The Bills lost, number one. <laughs> yeah. Number two, when you you lose when you lose Aaron Rodgers, you know, the least you could do is just find a way to win the game. And for the, the home crowd. The, for the home crowd. And the and the Jets fans, you know, were able to leave with, you know, a little sliver of some something good. And for that I am happy and you don't see you don't see walk off punt returns very often. So. And did you hear? And I think it's pretty well documented that I'm very anti rules analyst on broadcasts. Did you hear the rules analyst, John Perry? What he uh-huh. said? So. They were watching the replay. And John uh-huh. Perry said, well, this one's going to come with an asterisk because. There was a tripping call that was missed. Oh, and it, boy. It was one of the key blocks. And it was not a tripping call. There was just bodies flying and somebody got tripped over, but it was not a leg whip or anything like that. So for a rules analyst to get on there and say that is stupid. And this is my this is my my call to just get them out of the booth because they don't add anything the wrong half of the time. How many times does does Jim Nance go to Gene Steratore and hey, uh, what do, what do you think about this catch? And Steratore is like, oh well, there's there's sunlight between the ball and the player's <laughs> jersey, so it's not a catch. And then they cut to the referee in the actual game, and he's like, oh, the ruling on the field stands, it was a catch. And you're like, good job, Gene. What are, you, what are you even doing here? <laughs> Thanks for your input there. <laughs> I just, I don't get it. I just, just let them have it. <laughs> let them have the win. We don't need to deflate a exciting ending to a game to a, a, a non-issue at the end of the day. I think I'd moved on to the Manning cast at that point <laughs> of the game. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I'm good with the I switched over and did listen to that last call, but yeah, no, yeah. I totally agree. Those the rules analysts typically are useless. They do, they don't they add nothing. They add nothing. They're usually wrong, which yeah. is your point. 
which <laughs> is sometimes they get it right where they're like oh what's what's going on like why did they do this that's nice if they're yes. explaining rules but when they add their opinion where uh, they're like oh this is going to be this call that is all they should be doing is explaining the rule if it's like right. a weird situation you should throw it to them and they're like all right it's rule 36 C oh yeah point one and you know get into that but i, I don't need them to tell me why they think it's a catch or why it's going to get overturned or whatever. Just stop. (laughs) They do that on the PGA and it's some of the best part of the broadcast when they have their, uh, rules expert on and he's explaining, he's explaining the rule, right? Golf is ridiculous. (laughs) Golf is a stupid sport, but yeah, they have him on there and he just starts explaining of like, Oh, well that makes sense. You know, he yeah. makes sense of it all. It's like, here's why this is happening. So, yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what needs to happen. But as a Chiefs fan, you know, you can kind of take a huge sigh of relief because obviously you dropped your first game. The Chargers lost, the Bengals lost, and the Bills lost. Yep. So all the teams that you're worried about started 0-1 along with you. So you're not going into week two behind but i will say there's a new foe in town and i think it's the miami dolphins i think we need to watch out for them yeah i think aaron Rodgers' injury pretty much rules out the jets being any sort of super bowl threat or really playoff threat maybe they can make it in but what a wild week one and I wouldn't have it any other way as an NFL fan. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, that's week one. If you don't have anything else to add, Tyler, um, we can, I think we should take a, take a look at some of the matchups to watch heading into week two. Eagles and Vikings are going to square off on the debut of Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime. Vikings are coming off a loss and Eagles are good and just beat the Patriots. So I think if you want to watch probably the best team in the NFC, then that is a game to watch. Yeah, we didn't talk about that, but the Eagles almost lost against Patriots. They almost did. Patriots could have have (laughs) probably won that game quite honestly. Patriots had a chance to win at the end and they didn't. Yeah, there was two key plays where that receiver didn't, and Romo kept saying it. But he's like, he just keep, kept two feet in. That game, they would have been up by probably two scores. Yep. If this one receiver would have just caught the ball in bounds two times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, for me, it's honestly, I don't want to say that it's a boring slate of football, but... Most interesting for me is Bengals-Ravens. The Bengals and Ravens. Bengals are looking to have a bounce back game. And the Ravens are, you know, they they won big against Houston. And they are a team that really has to prove themselves. Lamar Jackson, kind of as weird as it is to say, needs to prove himself that he can stay on the field and lead this Ravens team to 
a deep playoff run and a Bengals team that just come off of an ugly loss is a really good test for them. Can you really kind of take advantage of that momentum that you have and go into Cincinnati and win? So I like that matchup. I think Seahawks Lions is intriguing. Seahawks again need to bounce back. This is the Lions home opener and I think it's going to be an absolutely insane atmosphere in Detroit. This is a fan base that finally has something to be excited about. So it's going to be a tough environment for Seattle. <laughs> Obviously Seattle plays in a loud stadium. So if it is as loud as Arrowhead, as Dan Campbell said, then, I was just going to say, then, you know, it, it'll be interesting for them. Yeah. He put a call out to the, the Lions fans, like be louder than Arrowhead, which I thought was kind of cool. Yep. Chiefs Jaguars. Listen, this is this, for the Chiefs. It's, you're going on the road. Don't be 0 2 at the end of the game. <laughs> that's right. That's the goal. You should get Travis Kelsey back, and Chris Jones will be on the field as well. So you're going to have two of your three, along with Patrick Mahomes, are going to have two best players back on the field. And hopefully, your Chiefs wide receivers have, you know, figured out how to catch the football between now and Sunday. I think that I really think that that opening week is a little bit of a fluke with the amount of drops that they had. I I don't see, I don't see that being an issue going into Sunday. And I think that the chiefs will have no issues hanging with the Jaguars and coming out of there with a win. I think so. I mean, especially after the Niners game, watching Nick Bosa, they were like, what's your snap count going to be? And he's like, I'm playing every snap. And the dude dominated. You know, there's no reason Chris Jones shouldn't come in with fresh legs. If Chris you know, Jones he's in shape, Jones there's no reason he shouldn't shape. dominate. Exactly. If he's in football shape like he says he is, he should be out there for 85, 90% of the snaps. This shouldn't right. be a, I'm going to play 50% of the snaps to no. get my feet wet. This is a, you got to go, especially with the incentives that are in his contract. Like, he doesn't have time to not play. So I expect him to be out there and I expect him to play football at a really high level this season. Yeah. You need Kelsey to be fully back. And if not, again, I would say sit him until he's fully healthy and the rest of the team needs to step up. Cause I, I think this is a chiefs team. It's just like, okay, we should not have lost that. Let's go in and, and beat this team. We, there's no way we need to walk away with a loss here. They'll, they'll figure it out at the end. Yeah, so that's that's what's going on in week two. Some key matchups to look at. But again, really fun week one, and we have football every Sunday until mid-February, so soak it all in. Eat your nachos, your wings. <laughs> enjoy it. It goes by quick. And that is the Football Kingdom podcast. See you next week.